milk and honey and how close they got to possessing the promises of what God had prepared for them. And when the spies went in, you know the story, ten were bad, two were good of the spies. The spies came back, and what did they begin talking about? Joshua and Caleb saw the land. It was a land flowing with milk and honey, and they had the fruit from it. Surely it was exactly the way that God said it was. And can I interject there tonight? It will always be as God said it was. It doesn't matter if we think we're in the last days, and I do believe we're in the last days. And personal, my opinion is I believe the Lord's probably going to come back in my lifetime. If not in my lifetime, I think there's a very good chance in my daughter's lifetime. Who knows? But even if we are in the last days, the promises of God are still good. The power of God is still available. The purpose of God is still there. God's people have just got to get beyond the price that it costs us to serve God and to realize it's a great privilege to serve God. The ten spies come out and all that they saw were the giants. And what did they say? We are as grasshoppers in their sight. They saw the problems that were before them and the problems that were before them overshadowed the promises of what God had prepared for them. Now, folks, if you're not careful, you're going to do that because I have a tendency to do that. And the devil's had 6,000 years to practice his craft. I joke about it all the time. If you give me 6,000 years to practice something, I'll probably be good at it sooner or later. I've only been alive 40 years, and I've gotten pretty good at sleeping. I can't imagine how good I would be at sleeping if you give me 6,000 years to practice at it. Now, the devil knows what he's doing. What did he do with Eve? He distracted Eve from all that she had, the life that she could have continued to live, and he distracted her from that with what she didn't have and what she thought she needed. Now, the devil will do the same thing to us tonight. So we're going to flip the script just a little bit. The last three weeks on Sunday morning, we've been looking at what we're going to have to let go and we're going to have to leave behind in order to fulfill our purpose in this new year, that every part would make increase. So tonight, we're going to look, if we could, at the privilege of pursuing our purpose. The privilege of pursuing our purpose. We need to leave here tonight understanding that whatever the price that God gives us, whatever God requires of us, we've looked at so many different things and we've narrowed it down to three main areas of our time and our talents and our substance. We've got to be willing to let go of those things, but whatever God requires of us in service, ultimately, even if it costs us our physical life, that it would be worth the privilege of getting to serve God with our life. I believe Paul understood this. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, I'll not read it, but I'll quote it for you. Paul says this, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. Paul says, I count all things but loss. You see what Paul understood, and you see the background that Paul had. Paul had a claim. He had prestige. He had authority. And he says, I count all of that for, but loss. He was willing to lay all of that down. Why? For the privilege of knowing and in the pursuit of Christ. Now, if we could get there tonight to realize that pursuing Christ and fulfilling our purpose is worth whatever it cost us, this church would change this city. Now, folks, tonight we've got to see the privilege, and I believe Paul's going to show us how to do that in Ephesians chapter 4. So let's see why it's a privilege to pursue and to fulfill our purpose in Christ. Look down, if you will, to verse number 22. Verse 22, the Bible says here that we put off concerning the former conversation the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust 
And look down to verse 24. The Bible says, And that you put on the new man, which is after God, is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now focus on these two sets of words. In verse 22, we see put off. And we see in verse 24, we see the put on, all right? It's almost like we're changing clothes, put off and put on. And what Paul is showing us here is we're seeing the privilege of having a choice. That's number one. Folks, do we understand tonight that being able to serve God is a privilege? And the privilege of serving God is a choice that we have not always had. Notice the Bible says we have now the privilege to put off the former conversation and to put on the new man, which is after God, is created in righteousness. Now, you may not believe this tonight, but I dressed myself this morning. I matched all of this on my own. My wife will usually pick it out for me. She was kind of busy this morning. And so the first thing I always do is I go to the sock drawer. That's what sets the tone for my wardrobe. If you ever wondered my wardrobe secrets, there they are. I start with the socks. I believe you start from the ground up, a good foundation, and you build on that. Uh, Well, I went to the sock drawer this morning, and it was pandemonium. As I opened my sock drawer, there were no socks in my drawer. Now, I know I've worn a lot of socks this week with tournament going on with our guys and everything, going to the hospital. I know I've worn a lot of socks this week, but I know I have not worn that many. And I turned around and looked, and my wife had all of my socks spread out on the floor, color-coded, over a hundred pair of the most wonderful socks you've ever seen in this world. Matter of fact, let me tell you a bonus I got out of this. This has nothing to do with the message, but this is a bonus I've had so many socks in that drawer that I didn't realize some of the new socks that I had gotten had fallen back behind the drawer, and I've never got to wear them. So these Candyland, that's brand new. I didn't really realize I had those. I got up this morning, and I looked through all the sock drawer, and the socks weren't there, and I found all the socks laid out, and I went through, and I picked out the socks that I wanted, trying to decide what color tie to wear, and I wanted to wear blue and yellow today for our guys and the championship they won, so that's for you guys. There you go. And uh, I went and I tried to pick out the hanky that keeps falling down in there, and I went over to the drawer and I picked out the cufflinks. Oh, my goodness, my wife has bought me some wonderful cufflinks that have gears embedded in them. Isn't that marvelous? I appreciate her doing that. But here's what I want you to understand. I had a choice in what I wore this morning. You know, I remember my wife's grandmother telling me that when she was a little girl, instead of having a great big closet, she had a shift robe. And in the shift robe, it had a little rack on the inside of that vertical piece with the mirror on it, that long piece. And she had two outfits. She had one outfit for church and one outfit for every day. As I sat there this morning and I looked at all that was on the floor there, I thought to myself, wow, you know what a privilege it is to have so many choices How blessed I am to have so many choices because, you know, there have been people before us who did not have the amount of choices we do in this country. Now, can I tell you, it's the same way for us spiritually. When we were lost, we didn't have that choice. You know, oftentimes we gripe about having to put off the old man and leave behind the old friends and leave behind the old habits. Can I tell you, it's a privilege to simply have a choice in the matter now, and we have that choice through what Christ Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary. We didn't always have the choice. We had one wardrobe, and it was the old man. And now because we're saved and in Christ, we have the privilege to be able to put off the old man and to put on the new. Sometimes we we gripe so much about having to put off the old man, we forget the privilege that it is that we get to in the first place. Now, folks, understand tonight, it's a privilege to be able to pursue the will of God. 
to have an opportunity to say, you know what, I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to live that way anymore. By the way, you don't have to and you shouldn't. You ever watch the Andy Griffith show? I may have told you this before. We love watching the Andy Griffith show at our house, and a lot of them we've just about got memorized. The loaded goat, we've about got that one down pat, don't we? Some of you know what that's all about. Some of you need to know what that's all about. It's a lot better than the stuff that's out there today. And we watch the Andy Griffith show, and every Friday night, old Otis would get sauced. Old Otis would get pickled, and he just comes checks himself in the jail. Matter of fact, old Otis would get mad if somebody was in his cell. Matter of fact, the loaded goat was in his cell, and he goes up there and he's kicking this goat who's eating all this dynamite, and they're worried the goat's going to explode. I don't know if that's possible, but it made for a good storyline. But Otis would check himself back into jail, in the prison. Now, folks, that's the way we are when we go back to the old ways and we put on the old man. We're checking back into prison. The Bible says that before we got saved, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. I've never been dead. But I'll tell you this, I do understand that dead people have very few choices. I'm kind of worried about what's going to happen if I die. What kind of clothes my wife's going to pick out for me to wear in my casket. I kind of feel like she might have a little fun with it, get a 1970s polyester suit and glue on some lamb chops or something like this. I'm not going to have a choice in the matter. Why? Because I'm dead. When you're dead, you don't have a whole lot of choice in the matter anymore. She could even pick me out a pink casket if you wanted to, and I couldn't say anything about it. Why? Because I'm dead. When you're dead, you don't have a whole lot of choices. Now, folks, that's where we were before we got saved. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, he you have quickened who were dead in our trespasses and sins. We didn't have a choice then. The new man and the new robe was just a dream and a hope that we had, but it was unattainable. Have you ever stood at a department store window? We don't really do that much anymore, but you go to one of these stores where they would put stuff up in the window. A few years ago, we were in New York City and walking around Macy's department store at Christmas time, and their windows are so beautiful. They, they make them up there around that time of the year, and the kids are out there looking at the window and all the things that they have displayed out there. That's how we were before we got saved. We were the old man, and we were looking on the outside, looking on the end and desiring that, but it was unattainable until Christ secured that new robe, that new man for us on the cross of Calvary. Now, folks, instead of griping about living as the new man and putting on that new robe, hey, why don't we count it as a privilege that we get to in the first place? kind of scares me just a little bit to see how socialism is so easily and widely being accepted in our country today. I'm not going to get political on this, but uh, if you're in love with socialism, you don't understand socialism. That's just a fact. Talk to people who've lived through it, and you'll realize that it's not as good as Bernie's making it sound. But here's what's sad. You have an up-and-coming generation in this country who are so easily and ready to sell out the choices that we have that are privileges to have. You know, somebody fought and somebody died that we could have the liberty and the freedom that we do in this country. You know, you don't have this freedom and liberty all over the world. I've been to many countries all over this world, and I'll, I've told you before, when I was in Africa, the man looks at me with his AK-47 as he opens up his, my window, and he says, you're not in America anymore, and he was right. They don't have the liberty and freedom there because somebody hasn't fought to secure it for them, and yet we have that here. We have liberty, we have freedom, we have the choice. 
And yet so many are ready to give that choice and that freedom up. Why? Because they don't realize the privilege that they have. Now we do the same thing spiritually. Can I tell you that someone fought and died that we might have spiritual liberty and spiritual freedom and his name was the Lord Jesus Christ. We have the liberty and we have the freedom. And the Bible says that we don't use our liberty as a cloak of maliciousness. That means we don't get to jump back and forth. We ought to count it as a privilege to be free from sin. That sin no longer has dominion over us. Listen, the preacher shouldn't have to talk you out of your old ways and the new ways. You should look at the new ways as a privilege that was fought for you by Jesus Christ. I count that as a privilege. Sin no longer has dominion over me. I can look at the old man and say, no, no, no. Before you got saved, you were a slave to that, the Bible says. You were a captive, as the Bible says. I told you many times I've never been in jail as a resident, but I do understand that when you are a prisoner, your choices are severely limited. Aren't you glad the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that he opened the door to set the captives free? Christ has given us the liberty. It's a privilege to get to do it. Verse 22 says that you put off concerning the former conversation. It's a privilege to do it. Verse 24 says, and that you put on the new man, which, is at, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I believe this is what David understood in Psalms 40. When David says, I waited patiently on the Lord. The Bible says that he inclined unto me and heard my cry and brought me also up out of a horrible pit and out of the miry clay. The Bible says he set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. Set me up on the new road. You know, David says, I waited patiently. He's down there in the pit in the miry clay and down in the mud. I don't think David griped about it when God pulled him out of there and established his goings. He was just thankful to be out of the pit. You know, some of us need to go back and look back down in the pit one more time. And remember what it was like to be down there in the pit and in the miry clay. I believe wholeheartedly tonight, a lot of us have forgotten what it was like to be lost. And that's why we don't consider it a privilege to be saved. It's a pain to be saved. We don't get to do this. We don't get to do that. We don't get to go there. We have to leave us behind and we have to surrender. We have forgotten what it's like to be lost. Because when we were lost, we were dead. We didn't have a choice. And through the privilege of what Christ did on the cross, we now have the opportunity to live a new life. And yet we look at that as a drudgery. Oh, no. I got to be separate? Come out from among them and be ye separate. Look, there was a time we didn't have that choice. We didn't. There was a time we couldn't come out from among them if we wanted to. And yet through what Christ did, we get to be separate. The Bible says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Stop right there and just think about what that says. Be ye holy, for I am holy. The God of all the universe wants me to be like him. I don't know about you. If I was God, I'd run from me. I don't want that guy associated with me at all. Look, I saved you from hell. Now just stay away from me, all right? I did my part. You go on and live your life. But hey, let's just pretend like we never met. And yet, not only did he love me enough to save me, but after I get saved, I have, I have the privilege. I don't know if these words have ever been uttered before. I have the privilege to be holy. It is a privilege. It's not a drudgery. It's not a pain. Because before I got saved, I did not have the choice to be holy or to be separate, or to be a follower of Christ. 
Mark chapter 5, we read about the demoniac of Gadara. The Bible tells us that when that man got saved, remember he ran naked through the tombs, he lived in the graveyard, and the Bible says that no man could tame him, no man could bind him. The Bible says that after he got saved, he found him sitting clothed and in his right mind. In Mark chapter 5 and verse number 18, the Bible says that after he got saved, the one that was possessed with the devil desired to go with Christ. He wanted to get in the boat, and he wanted to go with Christ. The exact wording it says, he prayed that he could go with him. Now, but that was just weird. That was just, there's, look, there's something weird about this guy that he did not want to go back to the cemetery. I don't understand it. I just can't figure out why does this guy, why does he just want to go back and be a wild man again? Oh, he remembered what it was like to be the wild man. He remembers what it was like to live those nights and be possessed. Understand those words. The Bible says he was possessed. That means he was in the, he was captured by. He was in the possession of those 2,000 demons that lived in him. And let me tell you, he almost seemed a little bit excited to be free. He says, I want to go with you. But it's crazy. Folks, look, we get saved, and for some reason, we don't want to get in the boat with Jesus. We want to go back to the cemetery. Trying to figure out what's wrong with that. Something wrong. I mean, this guy was, I don't know about you. I don't like going to cemeteries. They're creepy. You know, uh, as a kid, I'm glad I have the Hendersons here tonight. Miss Kayla, uh, this young lady back here, her and her husband, Miss Kayla was one of my first young people. She was a teenager when I was a youth pastor at the first church that gave me a job. So she was kind of like a guinea pig. So I apologize for uh, for the learning curve. I had to learn on those teenagers how to uh, how to be a preacher and how to be a pastor. But uh, at Lebanon Baptist Church, when we were kids, we used to play hide-and-go-seek out there in the cemetery. I mean, how much of a heathen can you become by playing hide-and-go-seek in the cemetery? Those things are creepy. And yet this guy got saved and God changed his life. And he says, I want to go with you. He almost seemed like it was a privilege to be changed because it is a privilege. I believe tonight we've got to get past the price of serving God and realize the privilege. And Paul says, you get to put off the old man. You get to put on the new man. I remember as a kid, my dad, we'd go to McDonald's or or Burger King. I told the guys in chapel this the other day. And uh, you know when you're about 8, 9, 10, this is the way it was when I was a kid, mom and dad ordered for you. You know, they just ordered for you off a dollar menu, and you ate what they ordered. And I, I know that's probably child abuse in 2020, but that's what mom and dad did for us. And it just ruined my life, as you can tell. It really messed me up in my brain. That's what happened. Boy, I'll never forget, <clears throat> never forget. I guess I got about 11, maybe 12 years old, and dad looked over at me, and he said, son, you know what you want? Excuse me? You know what you want? Like, you're not going to order me a happy meal? Like, you, you so embarrassing. <laughs> 11 years old, you know, and you're over there. Now, you wanted to keep the toy for later, but you wanted to see that. So you're over there, and you, know, you throw the box in the garbage, and it's a mighty kid's meal. It's not a happy meal anymore. It's a mighty kid's meal. And he says, you know what you want? I said, what do you mean? He says, well, tell me what you want. I'm going to order it. Boy, is that moment. My life changed forever. So I want a Big Mac. I've watched you eat them all these years, and you're a real man, and I want to be a real man too. So give me a Big Mac. And then I sat there, I had the biggest possum grin on my face while I'm eating that Big Mac. Why? I was just glad to have a choice. I got to pick. Every once in a while I go back and pick the Happy Meal, but for the most part, I, I ordered a man's burger, I ordered a Whopper. 
That's what I want. That's what men need. I had a choice. I was just thankful to have a choice. Folks, we ought to be thankful to God tonight. We've got a choice. Quit griping about having to take off the old robe and be thankful we have a choice. We have more than one outfit in the closet. That new robe that Christ secures for us on the cross of Calvary. Sometimes we forget, I believe, what it's like to be lost, and we need to revisit what it was like to not have a choice. Where sin did have dominion over us. Where we were dead in our trespasses and sins, and we were still captive. Do you know it's possible to forget what it was like to be lost? Second Peter tells us about that, chapter 1, verse number 9. When the Second Peter gives us the list of things that we get after we get saved, the graces and the privileges that we have to grow. And the Bible says in verse number 9 that if we don't have those things, we're blind. And we cannot see afar off, and we have forgotten that we were purged from our old sins. We forgot what it was like to be where we could not have any of those things. And now it's a privilege, and it should be. So number one tonight, notice the privilege of having a choice. Then look down, if you will. The verse 22, the Bible says, put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So number one, we see the privilege of a choice. Number two, notice the privilege of getting to change. The Bible says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, before I became a pastor, I had a real job in construction, okay? And I remember what it was like to come home on days where we were pouring concrete or we were standing up walls or I forget whatever we were doing and all the sawdust is down your shirt and you're smelling like a man, we'll put it that way. Not smelling very good, and you come in and you're dirty, you got concrete all over, and there was nothing like getting cleaned up. Getting to change out of what was old and out of what was dirty, and getting to change into something that was new. There's one thing tonight, look, you need to know about my God, and that's the fact that He loves us enough not to leave us the way that He found us. Uh, we, I'm telling you, churches all over this country are ripping off people. By preaching a gospel that says, come as you are and leave as you came. When God loves us enough that we come as we are, the doors are open, you come as you are. Listen, you're not too bad to get saved, all right? You come as you are, but let me tell you something. When God gets a hold of you, he's not going to leave you the way that he found you. He didn't leave the demoniac the way that he found him. He went from that guy in the tombs to sitting clothed in his right mind. Oh, what a change he brought in his life. The woman at the well changed her life. She would all of a sudden becoming a sinner who had had five husbands, and now she becomes a Sunday school teacher teacher. She's bringing people to Christ. What happened? The privilege of change. I'm so thankful that God didn't leave us where he found us, but loved us enough to save us. And then we have the privilege of getting to change. Turn with me, if you will, back to your left for Romans 6. Romans chapter number 6. Look down, if you will, to verse number 20. Watch what Paul says here, for when ye were the servants of sin. Now notice the fourth word, that's a past tense word. For when you were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. That's where we were before we got saved. Verse 21, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof ye are now ashamed? 
There's not a one of us in here tonight who cannot look back to this place and remember things of who we were that we're ashamed of. You look back and you're ashamed of who you were. But the good news is, because of what Christ did, that's who we were. And it's not who we are. Because we have the privilege of being changed. To put off concerning the former conversation, not only do we have a choice, but we get to change. We don't got to change. We get to change. I was, uh, this week we had Spirit Week at the school. And uh, I get, was it Throwback Thursday? Is that what it was? Throwback Thursday. I'm waiting on Taco Tuesday, but they had Throwback Thursday, and it always, it always goes back to food, doesn't it? And uh, I walked over to the gym to see the kids. I like to see what they were dressed up as. And uh, man, we had some hippies walking around in there on Throwback Thursday. We had a fro in there, man, my goodness, I'm not going to point, any, point anybody out, and man, we had some little flowers in their hair, and man, the 60s and 70s, they were rough, weren't they? Why do you dress your kids up like that? But it was so bad. I've looked through some pictures with my dad back when he was, you know, a teenager in his 20s and 30s, 60s and 70s, and he had these blue jeans, and I'm not talking about like denim, I'm talking about blue jeans, flared out at the leg, bell bottoms. And we're looking at these pictures. Let's be honest tonight. You're in church. How many of you got in on the bell bottoms? Raise your hand. Let's be honest. I've got to see pictures. I really do. I need to see some pictures because what I'm picturing in my head is hilarious. But uh, my dad had those pants. He's looking back and he's thinking, oh, gosh, I can't believe I wore that. Now, one day, we're going to look back at where we're dressed now, probably, and say, man, I can't believe I wore that. And you're looking back, and you're thinking, I'm glad the 60s and the 70s are gone. Some of you can't even remember it anyway, but you're glad that it's gone. I can't believe I used to wear that. I can't believe that I used to do that. That's how it is when we get changed. I'm talking about on the inside. There was that fruit, the Bible says, that you had then that you're now ashamed of. But go back. I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't flip down. But look back at verse number 20, verse 22, 21. What fruit had you then in those things whereof you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. 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 Watch verse 22. But now, notice the change in the direction of the conversation. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God... You have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. What is it talking about? It's shown us the change. Folks, listen, it's not a pain that we get to change. It's a privilege that we get to change, that we put off concerning the old man that was corrupt, that ended in death, and now we get to live that new life unto holiness and righteousness. What a privilege to get to change. Now, can I tell you something tonight? It's a privilege that doesn't stop once you get saved. Watch this. You may not know this, but look, there's all kind of fine print in your salvation contract. Not only did you get saved and you're saved from hell and for heaven, but you get to spend the rest of your life, Romans 8, 29, being conformed to the image of Christ. God wants to continually change us. That means tomorrow, God wants to mold me more into the image of Christ than I was today. Wow. God's good, isn't he? I mean, he could have saved us from hell, and that had been enough. But he saved us from hell and for heaven. And then he gives us a new life. 
He gives us a choice that we can put off the old man, put on the new, and then he allows us to grow in grace the rest of our life. Can I tell you tonight, it's a privilege to get to grow. This morning, this afternoon, I was looking through a tub. I haven't unpacked everything in my office yet and looking through a tub of, of opportunities that God's given us throughout the years. And I found an old outline back from 2010. Ms. Kayla, it may have been when you were there. Oh, I looked at, the, looked at the outline. I said, boy, that was rough. It was rough. It was about as shallow as a birdbath. You think of my messages are shallow now. You should have heard that one. There was no meat in there. I'm reading over the outline. I'm thinking, how did those people survive? I didn't give them anything to eat. I mean, it was just, there wasn't even any meat on the bones that I threw out there. And I thought, well, isn't it good to be able to grow? Isn't it good that God wants us to change and become more like Christ with each passing day? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, we have the adoption of sons. We have the adoption of sons. Look, not only did we go from that orphanage, we went now that we are adopted by the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and he wants us to reflect the household that we now live in. And that's the household of a king. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, I'll give you this before I give you the last thing. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Do you know it's a privilege? It's a privilege that all things have become new. And that God desires that they become new. Number three, I'll show you this and we'll be done. Look down if you would. The Bible says in verse 24 that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the Bible says we put on the new man, which is modeled after God, created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, here's what he's doing. We're not always as righteous as we ought to be. When you get saved, look, our soul gets saved and God cleans us up and our name's written down, but we're not yet what we need to be, but God sets the goal in front of us. The goal is right there in verse number 24, that we grow and we work toward righteousness and true holiness. So number three tonight, notice the privilege of having a chance. God gives us the privilege of having the chance to be something that was totally out of reach at one time in our life. God says, I'm giving you the opportunity to be holy and to live righteously and to have true holiness. Now, folks, and I, I don't know about you, but when you look before you at all that God's prepared for you, sometimes it's a daunting task knowing what it's going to take to run the race that he has set before us. What is Hebrews 12? The Bible says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. But can I tell you something? It's a privilege that that race has been set before us. God gives us the chance to run a race that was so out of reach. The other day we got home uh, from church and turned on the news and uh, the Daytona 500 was getting ready to kick off and they told these heartwarming stories as they were getting the president prepped to go around the track and had to fill in time of one of these uh, drivers who, who got in at the last second and he qualified for that race. They didn't think he was going to be able to make it. In the last second, he qualified to race in the great American race. And I thought about how us as Christians are not qualified to run the race that God has set before us, but through what Christ did. We have a chance. God's given us the opportunity and the privilege to serve him. Now, I want you to know here at Central Baptist Church in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, oh, what a chance God's given us. 
Oh, what an opportunity that God's placed before us. I've talked to a few people. They're not too hot on Hattiesburg. I don't talk to them very long because I don't like being around pessimists. You know, you go back to Chicago, wherever you're from, your utopia, and you enjoy that. I love Hattiesburg. You know why? Because this is where God has given us a chance. This is the place that God's given us an opportunity to run our race. Now, folks, it's a race that was not before us. Matter of fact, turn real quickly to Hebrews 12, and we'll close there. Turn to Hebrews 12. I want you to see this. Verse 1, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Notice that. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which has so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You know, that goal of righteousness and true holiness, that was a race we were not privileged to run in. We didn't have that chance. But now, because of what Christ did, we have the privilege, we have the chance to run that race. Now, folks, it's a privilege to be able to serve God and to seek to fulfill his will together as a body of believers. But we're going to have to get past the price to see the privilege. Folks, it's a privilege to have a choice to put off the old man and put on the new. It's a privilege to be able to change to get beyond those sinful bell-bottom days when we were in the lost state and now to be able to put on that new man and that new robe of righteousness and holiness. It's a privilege just to have the opportunity to serve God. And if we can get past the price and we can get past the problems and focus on that privilege, I assure you we as a church will fulfill God's purpose for us in this new year. So, folks, tonight, maybe we need to ask God to adjust our perception just a little bit. Maybe instead of focusing on what we're leaving behind, let's focus on what we get to do. Instead of focusing on the cost of what it is to serve God, let's focus on the opportunities that he's placed before us. And as Hebrews 12 one says, let us run. Let's run the race that's set before us. Let's have our heads bowed tonight and our eyes closed. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. As our pianist begins to come tonight... The last three weeks in the AM services, we've looked at what we're going to have to let go, and that's tough. The cost of what we have to leave behind at times is great. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's desires. Sometimes it's possessions. But Paul says, I leave it all.